Welcome to the O Podcast, an audio companion to Tufts University's oldest student publication, The Observer Magazine. This podcast is released alongside the print issues to extend and dive deeper into the articles. In this season, we will be hosting discussions with the writers, faculty, and student body at Tufts to explore and expand the creative work of The Observer. In episode four, we hear from Tara Steckler, self-described cruciverbalist and creator of The Edible Complex, the absolutely mind-melting crossword puzzle from The Observer's creative issue. In this episode, Tara gives us behind-the-scenes insights into the puzzle's creation, teaches us crossword ease, and brings some love to an often underappreciated art form. This is the O Podcast. Crossword ease. My name is Tara Steckler. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm a senior at Tufts, and I'm a cruciferbalist. <laughs> I've never heard that before, and I saw that in your um, like little blurb with the crossword, and I was like, that's so awesome. <laughs> Looked it up, and I was like, okay, great. Now that's like, I know what that is, so. True. Yeah, that's very it's nice exciting. to have a name for <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so just to get right into it, like, we were curious about your process, um, and we were wondering, like, when you go to sit down, make a crossword puzzle, what's the first thing you do? The first thing is definitely to think of the theme because that kind of dictates the structure of the entire puzzle. So for this one specifically, it all started with Banana Karenina <laughs> because I was hiking this summer and I was reading Anna Karenina and I honestly don't remember how it happened, but I just thought of Banana Karenina and kind of cracked myself up. And I have like an ongoing notes page of potential themes and this one struck me as a potential theme doing like fruit and literature puns. So went off that. And before making the puzzle, you have to think of all your theme answers, which are the longest answers on the grid. And those have to be symmetrical on the grid. So they have to have the same number of words or the same number of letters. So for this puzzle, there's four theme answers and then one revealer clue is what it's called, which is one answer that connects the theme. So for this puzzle, it's public library which is like the hint to the rest of the theme answers. So theme first, and then you have to construct the grid around those longest answers, making the black squares rotationally symmetrical, which means it's like the same if you turn the grid upside down, and then just filling in around those long answers with all the words, which is sounds, it's easier said than done. <laughs> it takes so long. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, how long does that process take for you? This one I did during the semester, so it would either be me when I was not doing my homework or <laughs> when I had some free time, which isn't that much. So this one actually took me a couple weeks, partially because I would get so frustrated and have to put it down and then revisit it. But this one also took longer than other ones I've made because it's a Sunday size, which means it's 21 by 21 squares, whereas all the other days of the week, using like the New York Times guidelines are 15 by 15 so this one was bigger which means it takes a lot longer and it's harder to fill so took many many hours right it's too no, many hours no new york times mini no mini. yeah which is <laughs> <laughs> what i the only thing that i'm able to finish, I'm able to finish. <laughs> if um, you can do the mini you can definitely start doing the big one <laughs> maybe yeah <laughs> 
so yeah, like, I guess we were wondering, like, do you, so you get all of your clues, like, do you use a software? Like, how do you compile all of those clues once you, like, sort of come up with them? Yeah, I use a software because when I first started making puzzles about a year ago, I started doing it, like, drawing on paper by hand, and that was the most horrible decision. It takes way longer and is so frustrating. So I use, I finally, I used before this, like, free software online called Phil's Crossword Maker or something, but it didn't really, you couldn't do a Sunday size puzzle on that. So I finally caved and I spent money on a crossword compiling software called Crossfire. And it's really worth it. So that software, if I put a black square on the top, it mirrors it on the bottom. And it has, you can upload word lists. And it does a lot of, it doesn't do it for you, but there's a lot of helpful functionality on the app that makes it easier. So you, so you talked about sort of like just now and then also in your commentary with the puzzle, like how frustrating this process is. What specific challenges did you face with this puzzle or like were there any hiccups with this puzzle? Oh, certainly. It's just so frustrating because you fill it kind of little section of the puzzle by section of the puzzle going off of the long theme answers because those are kind of the one constant on the grid, whereas everything else over the course of the puzzle can morph and change based on what ends up working or not working. So say I'm starting to fill the top left corner around grape expectations. It's just, you might think of a really good word to go next to that, but then you start trying to fill in around that one and then just nothing works and you try a million combinations and it never ends up working. And then you have to say goodbye to another word that you thought would have been great. And it's just really hard filling it with words that are valid because there's a bunch of words that you can do an autofill on this, but then it fills it with like gibberish and acronyms that no one knows, even if it's technically a word. So it might not be so hard to fill it technically with like letters, but to fill it with good words. Like this one even has some words that would not make it valid for like the New York Times or a legit publication. Not that the Observer isn't a legit publication, but, um, just some words that are a bit of a stretch. Like I have this one word, 110 across. Charlie Brown's cry of dismay. It's like, oh, and that's just, no one knows that. I just was so desperate that I just decided to keep it instead of fiddling, but I could have fiddled forever. Right. Yeah, I think you referred to those as crosswordies. Yeah. Do you maybe have like a favorite crosswordies that you encounter a lot in puzzles or like <laughs> one that you see a lot? They do, like, different types of Indian flatbread a lot. Like, roti is in puzzles so much, like R-O-T-I. That's in it a lot. Let's see. I get When I'm solving crosswords, I get frustrated because they might be, techn like, they might not be crosswordies in terms of niche words, but it's niche subjects. Like, there is so much tennis jargon and golfing jargon, and these clues kind of reveal the crossword constructor population as being like old white men and so they're trying to make the whole field and like world more inclusive and I'm in a crossword constructing Facebook group that is also trying to help expand that and so there's these really cute like mentorship programs and crossword publications that are specifically trying to like uplift the voices of crossword constructors that haven't been published before but definitely the clues historically reflect a very white audience. That's um, so interesting. I have like never thought about that before. It's like so fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, there's a whole collaboration community. This puzzle was also the first puzzle 
I got feedback on from other constructors because I posted, people will like test solve each other's puzzles. And so I posted this puzzle in the Facebook group and began a lot of email chains with like a lot of old people giving me feedback, including one jumbo who only edited it because he saw on my Facebook that I went to Tufts. But that was really helpful and that just kind of warmed my heart. Like it's such a nerdy collaborative, collaborative community. So yeah, that's a fun aspect. Wow, <laughs> that's so awesome. I like had no idea it was a crossroad community. So that is awesome. Yeah, I guess like sort of along those lines, like is there a clue in this puzzle that feels like personal or it feels like a favorite clue or something that like is almost like we wouldn't know reading the clue that it's about you or has something to do with you or? Hmm, that's a good question. Honestly, I love I love puns in general. So 14 down is a clue for the word pun. So I got to think of just a pun to have that as a clue. It's I wrote a song for a tortilla. Well, it's more of a rap for one with a W. It's not even that funny. I probably could have done a better one, but I like that one. I think my favorite ones are probably just the theme answers, the book puns, because to be honest, I haven't even read all these books. I haven't read Great Expectations, <laughs> but I love reading, so to be able to play with books that I like was fun for me. The other ones were honestly random for the most part. Some of them I didn't even know. <laughs> but I just had to fill it, so I had to just accept it. Yeah, so just more generally about the puzzle, like, why why the edible complex for the name? For the name? It just kind of came to me afterwards because it's dealing with food, so edible. And then I'm in a Hitchcock film class, and we're talking about Freud a lot, so maybe it was my subconscious telling me to name it after the edible complex using wordplay with edible. That's it. It doesn't mean that much. (laughs) It's funny how, like, different aspects of the puzzle sort of reflect different, like, parts of, random parts of your life, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I I guess another question that we had was, like, why did you even start making puzzles? Who introduced you to puzzles? Or what inspired you to start making puzzles? I give full credit to my grandma, actually. Shout out Carol. (laughs) She does the New York Times crossword puzzle every single day for as long as I've been alive. And so when I was little, she would get me little kids crossword books. So I solved them when I was little. And then in high school, I started doing the New York Times full daily puzzle every day. And I've been doing that for the last like, I don't know, eight years. But then last year, I decided, I think it was last winter break, I decided to just take a stab at constructing them myself. I watched this YouTube video of this crossword constructor who's also a magician who explains his process, and I was like, wow, this is so cool, I'm just gonna try. And I made a couple puzzles, submitted them to the New York Times, they all got rejected. (laughs) But they give feedback every time you get rejected, and they're really nice. They do take like three to six months to respond, because they get so many submissions every single week. But they tell you exactly why it didn't get accepted, which is helpful for knowing then what to do different next time. So yeah, I think that well, I made this a couple months ago, and I have not had the energy or willpower to try again, but I think this winter break, I might try to make another one. My life goal is to submit it somewhere and get it published. New York Times would be the dream, but there's a lot of other places. The Observer was a great start. <laughs> <laughs> was, I guess, was starting that, like, sort of a COVID, like, why, yeah, when did you, so you started because, like, you know, 
just decided to or was that a COVID project? It wasn't exactly a COVID project, but I guess looking back to last winter break, I was not doing that much. So I probably wouldn't have been able to do it if I had a bunch of stuff going on. It's a great activity when you have just so many hours to kill. So maybe there was a correlation. Maybe this is a COVID silver linings for me personally, but I, I don't know. I kind of forget what exactly inspired me to take a stab at constructing. But it's really fun having tried to construct and knowing how hard it is. And then I have now a newfound appreciation for a really good puzzle when I am on the solving end because I recognize how hard it is. So when a grid is just so beautifully done, I have a lot of respect for the constructor. Right. Do you prefer making or playing puzzles? Definitely solving them because it's so much less work and it's really satisfying. I would say finishing a puzzle that I'm constructing is like a different level of satisfaction because I put in so much more work to do it, but it's just also just so frustrating that it's not purely fun, whereas solving usually is. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else that you wanted to share about the crossword? Not really. I think it's just really been fun to see the Tufts community engaging with it and walking around the campus center or other places on campus and seeing people I don't even know trying to do it just because it feels fun and I like that what well, fit pretty well with the theme of like letters and language and for the creative issue so I think it's been a fun way of exposing parts of the Tufts community to the world of this form of world wordplay but as for the puzzle itself I think it's hard because a lot of the clues are just me kind of being desperate to fill it so <laughs> it's not that it's that people aren't smart enough or aren't experienced enough to do it, but I think part of it is that it's, it could use some work, I'd say. <laughs> That's not just me being humble. I got some, you know, pretty pointed criticism from other people in the Facebook group. Somewhat, somewhat, just some saying like, these just don't all work. I was like, okay, so I didn't submit this one anywhere except for the Observer. Um, well, I, all of us really enjoyed doing it, <laughs> so, yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad. Still, like, became such a good, I think also because it was released right before Thanksgiving, I, it was such a good, like, commute home or, like, traveling activity for a lot of people, so we were talking about that as well. Oh, that's good. I know, I got some pictures from my friends of their siblings and families solving it together, so that also warmed my heart to see it that's being great. a Thanksgiving activity <laughs> together. Cause that's fun. It's so fun when it brings people together and like solving with my house is so fun. I solved this morning's puzzle with my housemate Curry and it was just, it's just such a nice little ritual in the home. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much to, for, you know, sitting down with us to talk about your crossword. We just like thought it was so incredible and like, yeah, like have never been able to sit down with someone who's made a crossword. So this has been such a pleasure. So yeah, thank it's you. It's been fun for me too. Thank you. Yeah. This episode was written, hosted, and produced by Alexis Anderley, Jillian Yum, Bronwyn Legg, Noah DeYoung, and Grace Masiello. The podcast is directed by Caitlin Duffy and Suhasani Bhardwaj Mera. Thank you for listening.